Okay, Yofi. Okay, guys, uh, welcome to Ahmed Yomi, day one. We're going to start Masachah Moi Katan. Masachah Moi Katan um, deals primarily with the issues of the Isser Malacha on Cholamoe. Okay? Um, oh, didn't know that there was an Isser Malacha on Cholamoe. Meaning that on Cholamoe, there are actually things you're not supposed to be doing Malacha wise. We are allowed, we, there are a lot of things you can do, but a lot of things you're not supposed to do as well. They're basically going to deal with the things that you're not allowed to do, things you are allowed to do. That's basically the first two. The third parak is probably the most famous parak in Moikatan, which deals with Hilchot Avelut. Okay, parak Elam Megalchin uh, deals with Hilchot Avelut, and that's really the fundamental parak in Shas with Hilchot Avelut, so we'll talk about that as well as we move further in the Mazachet. But for now, we'll deal with um, with the first couple of parakim. Um, the Maset also is important to recognize there's a big machloket Rishonim, whether the Isser Melacha. Uh, the prohibition of Malacha on Cholomoid is Isra de Arait or Isra de Rabbanan. That's a weird thing you think, well, how could it be Machloket about it? Uh, there's a lot of different sources that seem to indicate different things. One reason that people might suggest that's an Isra de Rabbanan is that there's lots of leniencies. You'll see a lot of leniencies already in the first Mishnah. The Mishnah starts off with leniencies about the Isra Malacha. So whenever you see leniencies, you start to be triggered. You start to think, wait, 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 maybe this is an Isra de Rabbanan because we tend to be more lenient with the Isra de Rabbanan than the Oraita. But the de Oraita, there's not always that much leeway. Um, so we'll see that, but that's an interesting machloket uh, Rishonim that we're not going to delve into too much because we're learning Bikiyas and it's just Amon Yomi and we're just going to go. But just to be aware, that is an issue that comes and you learn Moikatan in more depth. So far, so good? Okay. Um, everyone here okay? Everyone here? Yeah, that's all right. I know it's going to be difficult in the breakfast, and we'll see if this is going to be a great solution or not, but we'll figure it out. Okay. Let's start with... Uh, you want to pause? Let's pause for a second. Okay, so let's pause and we'll uh, get some bagels and then come right back. Okay, here we go, guys. Okay, the mission starts as follows. The mission says, Mashkin Beit HaShachin B'Mo'ed Ubashvi'it. The mission is telling us that you're allowed to water a Beit HaShachin, which is a field that relies not on rainwater, not on rainwater, but relies on irrigation. Okay? You can do that both on Chola Mo'ed and on Shvi'it. Shvi'it is the Shemitah year. It's interesting that it's linking the two. The question is there more of an inherent link or not an inherent link between the Cholamoid and Shvi'it. But the key is for our purposes that on Shvi'it, you know you're not allowed to work the land. And fundamentally, on Cholamoid, you're also not allowed to work the land because it's Malacha. Okay, the reasoning for the two are different, but nonetheless. Okay, but you're allowed to do this on Cholamoid and on Shvi'it. Why are you allowed to water these fields? So Rashi explains on the third line of Rashi, Shehudlo have saved Gadol. Because it's a great loss, it's a big monetary loss. If you don't water the field, the field will become completely ruined and your crops will, will, will die. And we don't want to uh, make you have to suffer that kind of loss. Okay, so this is a number one uh, principle on Cholom something that's davar ha'aved, something that leads to financial loss. So that is going to be then generally permissible on Cholom So generally things are going to be asur, but that will be one exception to the rule. Okay? This is true whether the spring that you're using to get the irrigation is one that is new and has, uh, uh, it's the first time it sort of like popped out of the ground, or it's a mayan, a spring that has not come out of the ground new, but it's rather it's old. Okay? But you're not allowed to water the field with rainwater. Okay, like from a cistern or from May Kilon also is like uh, uh, like some type of deep cistern in the ground where you're drawing the water maybe out of a, a deep well or something. You can't make uh, like ditches for the vineyards as well. Okay, these things also seem to be a little bit too much to do. 
Okay, maybe a little too much work. And maybe that's a counterbalance that uh, while you're allowed to do things for Dabar Ha'aved, you're not going to be allowed to do it if it's too much effort. Okay. Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah Omer, Rabbi Elazar says you're not allowed to make irrigation channels uh, initially on Cholamoid or during the Shemitah year. Bechachamim said you are allowed to do that initially during the Shemitah year. During the Shemitah year. And the Rashi says, Bifarish Begemara, the Gemara will explain why the Chachamim argue on that particular point. Okay. Um, the Gemara continues also and says, Your hair ruined things on Cholamoid. You're also allowed to fix up. Um, let's say water things that go through the Rishut Rabim, the public domain that maybe like you need to uh, fix them up for like the public need you can do down in Cholamoed you can also like uh, dredge um, like dredge it up you can like uh, stop you know with the things that stopped up sometimes like sewage pipes and things like that so you can un, you know release those so that it continue to flow on Cholamoed here you sense also sort of like the public need things you need to do on Cholamoed and you can also fix up the roads and the pathways and mikvahs. And you can do all things that are for the need of the public of the uh, of the tibor. Okay, so again, you see this idea that I get all these different concepts very quickly coming up in the Mishnah. The idea of davar haved, the idea of extra work being difficult, not being not allowed, and also torkei rabim, things that are for the need of the public also being permissible. And finally, we say we can mark graves on Cholomoyim and we can also send people out about Kilayim they used to send out these messengers to make sure people weren't planting different types of seeds in their fields that's a that's a vayad of Kilay HaKerem or Kilay Sadeh and they used to like uh, punish them for that and so these messengers are allowed to go out during Cholomoyim as well Tosu points out here the reason is because that is a chovah that's something that's obligatory we have to make sure that that gets taken care of that people don't um, plant their fields that way and therefore we can send those messengers even though it's Cholomoyim okay the Gemara now says as follows Hashta Yeshlomar Mimayan this is a classic formulation here. The Gemara says, Hashta, now we know this, do we really have to be told that? So it means as follows. Now we're being told that Mayan, that's Yatsabat right? We said both are cases are permissible. Whether it's a new Mayan or an old Mayan, it's permissible to water the fields, the Beit Shachin on Cholomoet. So the Gemara asks, why do I have to be told both cases? Now I know that for Mayan that initially came out, now a new Mayan, if you think about like a new water source going over like on dirt, it can come to fall, meaning it's not, the, the, the waterways for that water have not been established yet, and therefore there's concern that it could be like collapsing of the, the dirt, whatever the dirt is, it can be, uh, it could be a collapse. So if you, I guess that would lead to more work, presumably. So if you're allowed to do that on Cholomoed, so the case of a Mayan, it's not a new Mayan, it's the way the water flows is nice and, you know, it's nice and set, it's in a nice rot, you know, a good rot in this case, right? So then, do I need to be told that? Of course that should be permissible. That's the question. Why do we need to be told that particular case? Right? The Gemara always likes to make sure that the Mishnah is, is, uh, is minimizing the cases as teaching us, we don't like to teach extra things. Our answer is Amri, they said as follows. It's the is necessary. 
If I only taught the case of the new Mayan, which would be the big Chiddush, I would have thought to say, That's where I'll make the distinction between the Beit HaShlachim, the field that requires the, uh, the irrigation. That's when I'd be allowed to do it. But Beit HaBaal, there's a field that relies on rainwater, I would not be allowed to do it. But why would that be? I would think, why would that be? Why would there make a distinction between Beit HaShlachim and Beit HaBaal? Maybe it's because of the second factor, that because it's new, the walls might fall down, the dirt might collapse. But if it's a Ma'ayan, that's not new, and we're not worried about the collapse, Aim, I might say, I might say, even in Beit Habal, even in this field that is supported by rainwater, maybe I can, I can let the water flow in there as well. Maybe I can do some work in that field as well. Kamash Malat, so it's coming to teach us, it's trying to tell us this. The Mishnah is implying by teaching us specifically the case, or explicitly the case of the new Mayan and the old Mayan, that the distinction between Beit HaShlachin and Beit HaBal, that's the key distinction. That's what we really want to make clear. And the Beit HaShlachin, which really needs the water, so then you can provide the water. The Beit HaBal, which doesn't really need the water, because it, it, it's going to get rainwater, it doesn't really need you, so we're not going to allow you to do that. And that's why we explicitly say the two cases of the new and the old Maya. Okay, the Gemara now asks a linguistic question. Where's the in, in, uh, implication that the word Beit HaShlachin is a language of Tzachuta, like thirst, uh, or something like that? Right? that uh, how do we know that's a, a field that needs the water? Which is the whole point. We're saying you can do it on Cholamoy because it's Dover Habed. It needs that water or else it will be ruined. Tichtibah Zabazak says, and this is actually this week's parsha. At the end, the Ata Ayeti Agea. Right? It says about Amalek came to attack you, and you were Ayeti Agea, tired and worn out. Umetargaminan and the Aramaic translation. Right? The Targum Unklus teaches us Veat Mishalhe Velai. You were basically tired. Okay, but Mishalhe, and here we're making a. a uh, we're going to combine the, the hay and the fet. They're like basically interchangeable. Okay? Mishale is like mishalfe, meaning that you were uh, very tired, but so tired, Tosus points this out here, that the tired implies thirsty. Okay, in the desert, you were thirsty. So just like there, Ayyip and Israel were thirsty, so a field that was thirsty is a Beit HaShlachim, same language. Okay. So what's the language? How do we know the language of Beit Habal is a language of settled? I mean, the Beit Habal is a settled field that doesn't really need that much extra. It's talking actually about the land, but it gives a, like an analogy. It says, just as a, as a young man has relations with a, with a virgin, with a young woman, it's talking about you settling on the land, like planting the land. Okay, you guys got the euphemism. Just as the land is settled, or the people get settled with a bitula, with a, with a young woman, your children will settle um, in you. I mean, it's talking about Eretz Israel. The children of Israel will settle in Eretz Israel just like a man settles with his wife. Okay, so here also, um, so you see the word the euphemism of right, the sexual relations uh, is what, the way we're sort of establish, being established on the land. That's the similarity, and that's what we call the uh, a land that uh, is sort of settled, Beit Ha Baal.
Okay. Man Tana Dipseda in Harvachalo. So who taught us this idea? I Meaning which Tana taught us this idea that Pseda, that loss, yes, I meaning you can do Malacha in the context of loss, but Harvachalo, that for personal gain, you would not be allowed. I Meaning the implication in Mishnah is you can only do Malacha to prevent loss. But you can't do malacha to achieve gain. So who made that distinction? Which tana is that? Um, and then um, And by the way, also even if it's a place of a case of loss, you're also not allowed to overly exert yourself. That's also a factor. So again, who's the tana who's teaching us? So Amar Avuna says Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov. It's Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov. Ditnan. How do we know later on? You're allowed to draw water from one tree to another. As long as you do not water the entire field. Now, what would be wrong with watering the entire field? Well, it sounds like personal gain, and also it's a lot of extra work. It's a lot of extra work, right? So you do a little work now, it leads to a lot of work. Don't do it. Okay, so it sounds like Rabbi Lezbanyaka. Now the Gemara says, Amor Harvacha I understand we found for Rabbi Eliezer this idea of harvacha, of gain, that doesn't have work. But do we see Rabbi Eliezer allowing it in a case of loss? Meaning you don't see that you're allowed to do that. So Rabbi says, actually, this is the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. How so? The spring that's new, you can you can use it even for Beit HaBal. And that's not like our Mishnah, right? Our Mishnah didn't say that. That's a different opinion. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, he's our guy. You can only uh, water the uh, field that needs the... Needs the Irrigation water that is destroyed, and we'll see more about destroyed soon. Rabbi says, No, neither one. He's the most strict. He said, You can't do anything. Okay, so you see, even the most lenient opinion to the least opinion, that's the most strict opinion, and we have our guy, hopefully, Rabbi in the middle. Yatero came on Rabbi Yudah. Rabbi Yudah says, More than that, Rabbi also says, A person should not clear out the waterway and water his uh, garden and his destroyed area. We have to figure out what the Chorva is. What do you mean the destroyed area? What exactly that means? Okay, I'm Cholamoy. So Gemara says, My Chareva. What does Chareva mean here? Ilema Chareva Mamash. If you say it means actually really destroyed, Why do I have to water? If I have a destroyed area my, like, my, like my property, and no one's using it, so why would I be allowed to water that area? I'm not doing anything. I'm not going to use that area. So, Amr Abayi Mayan Mayan says, no, Chareva means destroyed, meaning the first Mayan dried out. It's done. And now we're getting a new Mayan started. And that's exactly the point. That's when we're going to be allowed to uh, draw the water out. Rabbi Lezer, Omer so then the, the next opinion, Rabbi Lezbun would say, no, you can't do either one. I don't care whether it's, uh, this Mayan has dried up or the Mayan has not dried up. Mayan, If it's a new Mayan, you're not allowed to use it. Okay? And I think we can continue with the rest of that on Sunday. Shkoch, everybody.